0: Welcome to The Wine Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wine Down. I'm Nick and with me I have... Scott. And we're together again, Scott. We, we are. <laughs> we, we are out in the open. In, in the, the sun. In the sun. Look at that.
1: We thought we should take advantage of that while it was uh, while it was happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, importantly, where are we? What are we drinking? We're at the, uh, the Harbour Diggers near the beach, and um, I know you can't hear this because we're filtering the noise in the background, but those are actually waves rolling in. They
0: are, and cars driving past.
1: And cars driving are... past, yeah, okay, well that's a good point too. Um, hey, we have a, uh, oh, uh, let, me get, let me go back a step here, um, 17th of April mm-hmm. was World Malbec Day. Aha, there we go. And because it was World Malbec Day, um, I figured that we should try to get a Malbec. But of course, they'd actually sold out of all the Malbec when we got here, <laughs> yeah. so we so, ended so up we'll, getting so all So
0: all that build up on Malbec and we don't have a Malbec, right?
1: That, that's right. Um, they, they ran out of a few things actually, it's very surprising. So we actually got a Shalambar uh, Shiraz, it's a lovely little um, uh, sepult drop. Um, this is a, um, a Victorian um, sort of vineyard, uh, Shiraz and the Grampians, Heathcote area. And they, um, they've, they've put this together, this same, um, this same blend, same vineyard, vineyard since uh, 1953. Wow. That's very nice. It is. Very nice. It is. It's quite drinkable. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. No.
0: It's very yummy. No. So, uh, anyway, yeah, so we are, we are here in the, in the lovely um, warm sun. And, and today we're going to talk about something a bit different, aren't we? We're going to talk about the ethics of automation. Yeah, it's something interesting. I, um, I read an article during the week and it just sort
1: of, I, I, I read a lot of articles and most of them are sort of, oh yeah, a bit of this, a bit of that, blah, blah,
0: blah, 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 blah. But this, this just sort of piqued the curiosity a little bit. This is that one by, it was in Redmond Magazine, if I remember, Brian Posey wrote it. Yes, yes. Um,
1: uh, and he basically started to look at, look, is IT automation...
0: Unethical. That's interesting, isn't it? Uh, we've been uh, we've done quite a few of the wind downs on why you should mm. automate your business and why you should automate your job. And yes. yet here's, here's Brian turning around and saying, "What are the ethics of all of that?" Which I think is quite fascinating. Yeah. So, um, well, I thought we should address that and probably put a few comments in there and see what happens. I, I think I think it should. I've certainly got my views on it, being an yeah. automation sort of guy. But I'd be interested to know yours, being a yeah, MBA sort of CEO sort of guy.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. That's interesting. So, so yeah, let's look at that.
0: So so what's automation? Um, let's start there. What, what, okay. What's what's automation? It's taking a process that you're meant to do or you should do as part of the business, and it's getting the computer to do it. Right.
1: Yeah, again, look, by computer, we, we we could mean a robot or we could mean a, a, a bit of... But robots even, so are computer-controlled in most cases. Yep. So um, we'll have a look at that. But it's, it is, it is yeah, it, it's really getting um, a, a bit of machinery or equipment to do something that otherwise would have been done by a person.
0: Okay. All right. So, so and that could be anything. That could be writing a script, which goes in... I know, the example Brian used in his article was writing a... Script which goes and checks servers to see if they've got a problem yeah, rather than doing that, it by hand.
1: that's right. Like an IT um, technical role where yeah. they've actually worked out, every day I've got to do this and this and this and this. Um, oh, this is getting pretty boring. How can I make this automated? I'm just going to write some code to go and do this check for me and spit out an error if there's a problem.
0: So that's code, but it could just yeah. be as simple as... Um, um, uh, in your Outlook client setting an automatic rule to email each of your clients every week because your job is you're meant to reach out to each one of your clients every week.
1: That's right. And and all of a sudden, you've now got the computer doing the reach out for you. And you can just sort of sit back and work out. Oh, maybe this is the message. Maybe that's the message. But
0: yeah. Yeah. And you're not spending a day sending emails. You're, no, so, no. So suddenly, so this is the scenario, right? We've suddenly got this, this person who's hired for... And, and Brian makes a really good point of, are you hired by the hour, or are you hired on a salary? And they're, yes. They're very different and, things. And and that. That, well, that, that links
1: into, are you producing an outcome, or as in, are you hired for, to achieve a certain amount of goals on a monthly sort of basis, or are you in there for a certain specific task by the hour that you need to be achieving?
0: And I, I think that's, that's fascinating, so I've, I've, I look at it in my team. I've got developers, Yes, and I hire developers to complete tasks. Yeah, okay. I don't care whether it takes them five minutes or 50 hours. I do, probably, but we, we work it out. But I hire them to complete the tasks. Whereas if you're on a help desk, you're required to actually... Um, be there between certain hours and if the work comes in, you're meant to do things, right? Well, that, that's right and, and I'll
1: tell you this whole work from home thing has changed that model a little bit where how would you know if someone is actually there doing the job or if someone has automated part of their job and the computer is doing it for them? Mm. Uh, because I have seen some of the help desk systems that are coming out now with, look, we, we will do that level one support for you. It's in our, our AI code. Yes and it sort of solves maybe half of the issues, but yep. you sort of think, okay, that's not great, it's only half, but hey, it's half you don't have to deal
0: with. Yeah, no, exactly. And we've okay. I've written AIs that did that before, using historical help desk data yeah. to go and automate how your help desk works, and that's that's very hmm. doable. Um, and then you've got the scenario where, well, you still need people to be available to pick up the phone and stuff. You do. But they might not, might not be doing any work half the time. Is that still acceptable?
1: Well, Well, in in theory, they're now doing more complex work all of the time. If you take away, if you work out that you've got, say, a thousand calls coming in a month in the service desk, Mm -hmm. and half of those could be removed by a computer asking half a dozen questions and putting up predefined answers, and that that satisfies the need uh, of the people coming in with the calls. Yep. All of a sudden, you don't necessarily need as many people behind the scenes, but you've still got half of those calls that are being escalated. Yes. It means they're more continually working
0: on harder things now. Oh, and now you need to hire different people. You're not just hiring call takers, you're hiring your level two, level three people. It's it's fascinating. I've I've got to use an example. I've got a friend who runs a law practice, um, a fairly big one, and he went to one of the big universities in the US to study computational law. Mm, One of the things you learn when you, apparently, when you leave uni and you join a law, law firm is one of the things you have to look up is precedents. Ah, yes. So there's yes. a case coming up. Look up all the other cases yeah. which are kind of like this. And so off they go and research that for a couple of weeks and come back with the answers. Useful for a case. But computers do that way better. So if we get the computers doing that, where's the next generation of lawyers coming from? Ah. Well, you know
1: what? I, I think the computer may be able to do that. But the lawyers that came through with that precedent-searching Mentality are actually better lawyers.
0: They are, but if you're not doing that anymore, where do you find those better lawyers now? Well, that's interesting. That is an interesting point. Just diving off on, on a, okay. a tangent there, okay. but, but I think, okay. I think it's, it's really important. While well, automation is really good and it speeds a bunch of things up, you know, sometimes we hire juniors because we want them to learn and become seniors. Yes. Not we're just hiring, it's not all about, so the, from an ethical point of view, it's not all about. The job that you want to get done. Business isn't Correct. always all about the dollars and cents. At the end of the day, we're also trying to create those senior people by hiring juniors, there, and that makes yeah, a lot of sense. It has to that. be some
1: sort of end game involved.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so look at it this way: if if I get a computer to do my work for me, yes, should, would
0: would you care as long as I got the job done? So my instant visceral gut reaction is: no, of course, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> And, easy and, on paper. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's easy on paper. If I have a, say so it's all about change. If I have an unchanging industry, of course, which yes. there aren't any, but if I have an unchanging industry and I hire somebody to do a job and I give them a computer as part of their job and they get their computer to do their entire job and they sit at home all day in their pajamas, but the job's still getting done it, as well as it should be and it's all working, why would I care? Is probably my answer. That so, so in, a bit in,
1: in theory, you wouldn't care today. No. But in six months' time or a year's time, you would start caring because all of a sudden that role is not very efficient.
0: Well, I, kind of de- I don't know, it depends on the role. Okay. All right, so, so if, if, if I hire, it's, it's, and I think it's about how you pay people, if I hire someone on a salary and they have to work 80 hours a week to get the job we've tasked them to get done, then they have to work 80 hours a week. Okay. If they have to work 20 hours a week to get the job done, then they work 20 hours a week. I want the job done. I'm paying my, I pick a number out of the air, 80 grand a year to get a job done, which theoretically is worth more to me than 80 grand a year. Okay. Okay, and if somebody can do that and not do anything, well, there's a couple of interesting things. They've, if they've written a computer program to do it, I own the computer program, because in every employment contract I own the IP. So I should discover that and immediately dismiss them. Of course, I wouldn't do that. That's (laughs) the type of people I wouldn't dismiss. I'd actually get them to go and automate everybody else's jobs, and I'd dismiss them. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, well, well,
1: in theory, well, hopefully, you wouldn't dismiss anyone because you take that operational knowledge that a lot of um, a, a lot of people that have been there for a long time have gotten their heads, and they they know where the issues are in the business. They know that it takes like you know two hours to get a widget from here to here or to yep. a process or whatever, and they can take you through every single step
0: in that process. At which point well yeah, why wouldn't you get them to but document I, that but and i think if you look at things like car manufacturing okay which has gone from you know very very bespoke car manufacturing in the early days through to ford creating his you know his his production lines yes through to robots working on the production lines and very very few people yes I that's s- that's uh, part of the industrial revolution if you took mm. people who were spinning in little cottages spinning yarn and making yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yes. And then you do it commercially in a larger scale. You need less people. You've got machines doing mm. it. This is just a continuation of that. Well, the, the
1: the ultimate issue is you you can do whatever you like in your business, but if you don't do something to make yourself more efficient, I can guarantee you a competitor will, and all of a sudden they're producing what you're producing for either half the price or at twice the speed or something like that. And. Uh, th-
0: I, actually, I, th- I think it's truly fascinating. I, um, this is a topic that's very dear to my heart, and very, interests me a lot. And, and, and I think, I'm, I'm looking at your notes you wrote, because Scott always writes notes for these. And one of the things is, he says, and I'll quote it, we don't mean outsourcing, we mean doing it cheaper. <gasps> that, that's correct. And it's very interesting. I'm, I work with quite a lot of companies that have outsourced those types of tasks. Mm. But when you actually go into the outsourcer and peel back the covers, they're not oh, doing that no, very well.
1: No, the, everything I've seen in outsourcing says they are grossly inefficient. But cheaper labor. They, they are just working off a lower cost base, which makes
0: it more effective
1: at, well, a, at a dollar point.
0: Cheaper per hour. Yeah, it might take them four times as long to do it. As long as they're five yeah, times cheaper, you to
1: the, the, the ultimate cost is there, and you've just got to work out what is the right fit for the process. Wow. And, and, this, and this is a very important thing. I, I see outsourcing as creating a better taxi, yep. whereas I see the automation as being creating the Uber.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's the trick. I, I think with with automation you don't just do the same process better, you can do different processes faster. Yes. The other thing is if you look at quality control standards like ISO 9000, ISO 9000 talks about repeatability of your processes. Mm. Well, goodness sake, if I've got a computer doing it, it's going to be exactly the same oh, every that, time.
1: That's right, you generate that error every time every on time. demand. Every time, same error, <laughs> oh, always the same.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What, what is it to... Um to to err is human. To really foul things up
0: requires a computer. No, it certainly <laughs> does. It certainly does. But I think it, I think for more traditional managers, this is a real massive ethical quandary. It, it, it is. Uh, it, it, it is.
1: And look, I. I just speaking on the outsourcing, but I, I do remember the um, the Verizon employee that outsourced their job. Yes. And this is when the, the Verizon themselves weren't actually outsourcing, but this particular person in the in their IT role had worked out that they could actually get someone else to do their role, and they found a company in China. This was in 2013, I think it was, and um, so they organised with this company in China. They documented their role. They, they actually typed it all out, put the processes down, said, every day, I need you to have someone do these steps and to take care of this, and if these problems happen, do this, if these problems happen, do this, mm-hmm. and so forth. And it cost him about 20% of what his actual salary was. Wow. What a return. What and, a return. Um, to the point where it even actually, and the, the, this, this actual person in China would VPN into the company's network, into Verizon's network, take over this person's computer and do the work remotely that way. Wow. So they can actually see activity on this machine. Um, He actually FedExed his um, RSA token across. Uh, See,
0: There we go, now we're we're (laughs) on the edges of, because that's not ethical at all. No,
1: I mean, this is is the blurry bit. However, this worked so well and for so long, they ended up taking a second job because it was all remote work. He was doing it for home. Yeah. All of a sudden he's working for two, then three companies doing the same thing. Getting paid these six-figure salaries oh, at each one—very cool—to to, to do the role. Um, eventually, he got found out, and yeah, look, he was tossed in jail and fired, and blah blah blah. But <laughs> I just thought it was, it was quite impressive at the
0: time. It, it is quite impressive because if you were a business, if I was contracting. To Verizon, as long as I lived within the world words of my contract, I could probably but get third th- parties to do the role. Y- you could depending on the agreement.
1: Um, there are some issues around. Look, if you're going to outsource it to China and maintain a VPN into the corporate network from a different of a country, service
0: provider. Yeah, okay. So there's yeah, there's, there's, there's those some things privacy
1: issues. There's yeah. some confidentiality issues. There's yeah, uh, you've got to be careful that your you're only as good in any role as the, any outsourcer that you use to provide it. And yep. they've got to be bound by the same terms and conditions that you are to, so, to make the role
0: work. So, so it is interesting. So far we've talked about IT people doing this. And okay. I, I get that, right? They've got the skills, they've got the capability, they're going to do yeah. it. Um, but I was reading an article on LinkedIn this morning about a sales guy. Yeah. right? Yeah. And he was given a bunch of leads at the beginning of the okay. Month and would set up meetings with them and go and meet them towards the end of the month. That's kind of how it worked out. And he was getting, a, I think, a 30% no-show rate. Okay. So what he decided to do was he created some automation in Outlook, nothing special, that every couple of days emailed these prospects something that he think, thought they find interesting as part of the process. That actually totally changed his no-show rate down to about 2%. And by automating, by true, and and by true automation, it's not just automating IT, it's automating non-IT stuff as well, right? He actually changed the business metric. Now, what's interesting is he only changed it for himself, whereas what you'd hope in your business Mm. is somebody would come up with this and change it for everybody, because imagine that effect across a a sales team.
1: That's interesting. I'm just just thinking about that being a bit cynical now, I'm thinking, all of a sudden, I don't just have to get rid of all the spam from the people I don't know. <laughs> I've got to get rid of the spam from the people I've agreed to have meetings
0: with as well. Exactly. Oh, exactly.
1: Oh, well. Okay.
0: So this, this is. So we're now starting to see, rather than guys like database analysts, because they've automated their uh, roles that, to within a the of- Yeah. Look,
1: there's there's not a lot of, well, there is a bit of complexity in databases, but a lot of this has been addressed with automation many yep. years ago. Yep. To the point where a a DBA or a database um, administrator Administrator. doesn't um, administer databases anymore. No, you don't really need a full-time DBA to really make sure your databases keep running. A lot of that's done by code these days. You do need one who's quite good to be able to fix the issues when your script fails or when an error pops up and says, hey, this one's got a problem. You need to fix this. Very
0: few of the smaller organisations, need somebody on full time staff who can do oh, that. Oh no, that, that's right. Like on, on need the, access on, to someone, but you don't yeah, need someone yeah, yeah. on full time staff.
1: On the one day a month when the backup fails. Oh, okay, we've got to go fix something, but you don't need someone there thirty days to fix the backup no. fails. And that's that's the whole thing about it. and that DBA sole role has been yeah, that's uh, that's fairly well done. Yep. Um, but look, it's it, you end up making that role more generic, and you instead of having all these people in these little. Simple roles, just doing. I just got to do this every day and make sure this works. Blah, blah, blah. And if it doesn't work, I got to tell someone. Mm-hmm. You've now got just the. You now are responsible for all these other different systems as well. Yep. Because the computer is going to do all the checks. You just have to fix them.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And that—that and that is that is the kind of change and yeah, the yeah, difference yeah. going on. So, Interesting. So, so that's cool. But but if you look at that, especially in SMB, right, roles are bigger than just you know, do this one thing and outsource it or automate it. In Enterprise, I get it. In SMB, yeah. you have to do a whole bunch of different things, which is which is kind of interesting. But- um, Well, I just think in Enterprise, I mean, we, many years ago, I did go into
1: like an Enterprise client and at, at the time we were um, installing the virtues of um, tape libraries. <laughs> you know, little, nothing overly fancy, but little sort of robot arms that would come in and say, so you put 20 blank tapes in the robot, It'll come in and swap the dry, uh, swap the tape in the um, in the drive, put the new one in. So suddenly the backup guy's gone. Yeah, and there's this guy in the
0: back of the room gets upset at me and starts to go, well, hang on, that's my job. No, you you went, and, I, I, for, for years in my career, I used to do systems management. Yeah. My job was getting rid of IT administration, and, <laughs> and I sold to IT administration. Oh, I used no. to go, whole teams would get upset with me. But this, <laughs> this is it. The, the The issue is not so much around, hey, that's my job. The issue is
1: around... How do we take all that corporate knowledge in your head and use it in a more productive
0: way to not have to worry about the little things that are happening? And that's what the business wants, right? That's what the business... And I think that's what's interesting is when you're sitting inside a role inside a business, it's hard to see the bigger picture around your role. It it, it is. And I mean, let's say you've got the Tesla
1: car and I've seen the um, the, the new Tesla factory there. Yes. They've just put into uh, Germany, I think it is, and um, there's a nice little video going around online. You might want to put in, the wine in, in the, the shade, g- Scott. Oh, that's, the wi- that's wine a little, in the shade. That's it's getting a little warm. <laughs> we'll sort that out. <laughs> but um, it's it's fairly automated. You got you got a person every now and then just making sure that the right part turns up to the right stage yep. at the right time and that sort of thing. But um, it's fairly automated. If you had if I took you to a Tesla showroom and I said, here's an automated car that's come out and look, here's a hundred of them, you pretty much guarantee they're all the same. Whereas yeah. if I said, and your other choice is this other car over here. It takes like four times as long to make. It's all done by hand. Every one is unique because they're all handcrafted. I don't want a
0: unique car. I want a car no. which is, yeah you know, works and is maintainable and, okay. and, and, and and Jim, who we work with, who has a Tesla, I think it's like four years old and he's just gone for his first service. Yeah, you don't need to service them. Well, there's no parts to service. No, is good four, point. Is it 14? Four, 14 40 moving, parts moving parts or parts something stupid, yes. Yeah. Um,
1: so it's, um, when you think about that, there's not really that much. Having said that, it's had like 100 software upgrades.
0: Yes, yeah, no, good point. But, but what's interesting about that is if you can automate your role, yeah. if you're sitting there and you go, I can automate everything I do, then your role's probably for the chopping block. It is, and you should really be thinking about if my role is automatable.
1: I should start reskilling in some other areas, and perhaps not another area that's then going to be automated, or maybe maybe in the ability to automate my role. Well, that's that's mm-hmm. it, and that's. I tell you what, there is a global shortage of business analysts. There is a global shortage of project managers. It's right, a
0: scary shortage, right? There's just none around, so that type of thing, being able to look at a business, look at a business problem, and come up with a solution, even if, you don't actually have to know the technology that deeply, you know, people who do, but business analysis is a a cracky role, and there's lots of opportunities for it. It is, and guess who's got the best mind for the business analysis
1: part? Someone who's done the business. The the person who's been there for a long time, doing the role, they understand the role, Yep. Okay, the computer's just automated it, but hey, let's let's pick your brains about how this is going to work. And how would you make this more efficient? What would yep. you do? Document that process How, how let's do, you, test how it do out. you
0: not be just another taxi? How do you be the Uber in that, the taxi right. industry? Yeah. Redefine yourself as the Uber. Yeah, no, that, that's uh, interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. So it's val- valuable is understanding your role in some real depth and working out yeah. how you automate it from that.
1: And I guess the other thing is that if you're the one automating the roles who has learnt how to document the business processes, how to look at uh, the business and work out where the efficiencies are, that role's generally worth a lot more
0: to a oh, business yeah. than yeah. the role that was just automated. Well, the multiplier of automating roles and, and reassigning headcounts to higher value activities. See, yeah, I didn't say getting rid of people. You see, no, I mean, no, it's not about that. It really isn't about that. And it really isn't. And, but this is the thing,
1: though, that you can sort of think it is, and if you go down that path of not automating because of that, that's fine. I understand that. But everybody else is going to just start to overrun you in the market. Yeah, they're going to come in with the, the faster product or the more efficient product, or the we can have whatever colour you want in you know in a quarter of the time because we've automated that. We know what's involved in that. So, and,
0: and I think I, lots of things I say about this, but if you do a job or part of your job involves copying data from one screen to another screen, yes, that bit of your job's going to be automated. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but it's going to be automated pretty soon.
1: Yes, I remember when they used to send the old uh, phone books across to the Philippines where people would type them in to be able to create mailing lists that yes. people would then resell. And literally, here's a, you know, a thousand page phone book or whatever it is. or yeah, you know, and Someone just sits there and literally types all the details into a database and then they sell the database. Along came the
0: scanner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what and, happened and with that? the guys who wrote the phone book went... Why don't we just sell the data directly? <laughs> yeah, and that's just it. So the
1: scanner is, to some degree, the more efficient taxi. It's doing the job more efficiently, yep. but just sell the raw data.
0: I mean, who, yep. who cares? There's, there's your Uber model, and that entire section just disappeared. It did, almost overnight. Mm. That's fascinating, Scott. That was, that yeah. was really interesting. So, Ethically, um, I think we need to automate more and more jobs. I
1: think we, we do, and take people on the journey. Yep. We train. Redevelop skills and use the business knowledge in more productive ways.
0: And also, I think if we get a staff member managers to automate their job, let's reward them. Oh, absolutely! And get them to automate the next guy's job. Exactly. <laughs> That's a cracking skill. Okay. Cool. Thank you, Scott. That's been awesome. Thank you. Nick. That's wonderful. Cool. And do remember, if you do like what you see, please give us a like. Make sure you subscribe um, and leave a comment if you'd like us to discuss a topic. That's great. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Thanks. everyone. See bye. ya. Bye, bye.